Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Welcome to Rosedale Baptist Church, and it's great to see all the new faces or old faces that are back for the first time uh, here on Wednesday night. It's great to have people in the auditorium. Uh, and then for those that are looking in, connected by way of uh, our live stream, and I love the story that Steve Miller told. He may be the only person I know that can have a lengthy conversation with someone he's never met uh, by way of text message and probably have a great godly result because of it. Uh, I, I had someone text me today, literally today, uh, and it was a wrong number, uh, and I texted back saying, wrong number. Uh, they tried to get more information, leave me alone. And uh, but I, I didn't actually say leave me alone, but it was wrong number. Uh, and the fact that uh, it was Steve Miller, I didn't even realize it was Steve Miller that had that wrong number texting me today, but uh, what a great story and, and how God can use something like that. Uh, if you take your Bibles, we're in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, as we continue to walk through uh, the whole counsel of God. Now, uh, I hope some of us are reading ahead the book of Ephesians. Uh, it's going to be a place to call home, all about the church. Uh, and Ephesians uh, talks uh, about so many things that appertain to everything uh, about the church. And I can't wait to dive into that. That's a week from Sunday, closing out what tough times teach us uh, this Sunday. But then a week from Sunday, uh, we're going to dive headlong uh, probably for about 16, 17 weeks in the book uh, of Ephesians. But last week, if you remember, uh, Jesus sent out uh, the disciples with power, with authority to uh, heal, to cure, to preach, to heal, to cure, uh, to preach, an impossible task, uh, and they came back because of the wonderful power of God. Uh, and he gave that illustration of the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, it was important where that passage was because it points back to that previous passage on, on uh, no matter how small our resources are, we have an incredibly big God. Uh, and if he's empowering the ministry that you do, uh, he gets all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Well, verse number 18. And it came to pass as he was alone praying. Say that with me. He was uh, alone praying. Uh, and obviously Christ uh, was a person of prayer, uh, connected to the Father, the quintessential example uh, of prayer. Uh, oft times uh, resorted uh, in prayer, whether a hillside or a garden, whether it's uh, late at night or uh, early in the morning, uh, he was a person of prayer uh, and he was uh, alone. Look at 18 again. Uh, and it came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him. And, and I like that contrast there. Uh, he's alone praying, connecting to the Father, uh, but the disciples were, were with him. Uh, you ever uh, been with someone and your mind was a thousand miles away? You ever been that? Uh, and, and the person says, hey, where are you at? Where are you at? And uh, you're with them, uh, but your mind, and, and the Lord had that, that way of connecting with the Father, obviously, uh, that spiritual walk, praying without ceasing, uh, always focused on Him, to the point that, uh, yes, they were with Him, but uh, at the same time, He was alone uh, praying, uh, in the garden, praying with the disciples. Uh, they were uh, a distance off as He went a little further and, uh, and prayed, uh, similar uh, to that. But look at it again, 18. And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and here it is. He, he asked them, saying, Whom say the people, the people that I am? Uh, the first part of the sermon is going to be very informational, 
Uh, but then at the end, it's going to be very applicational. So if you hang on at the beginning, uh, you're going to get some practicality, some things to put into play uh, about an hour and a half from now. And so just stay with me, if you will. Uh, whom say the people? The people. Put down number one, if you will. Uh, the testimony of the crowd. The testimony of the crowd. The people. Uh, who do the people uh, say that I am? And they were conditioned, if you want to write that down, uh, by what they knew, what they saw, what they heard. Uh, they were conditioned by uh, how they were raised, the culture they were in, uh, and that crowd. That crowd is always preconditioned uh, on what to think and uh, how to feel when uh, someone other than, someone different than, someone outside of the box comes. They try to press that person uh, into their preconceived paradigm. Their minds are so closed uh, and so conventional, uh, they can't conceive anything other than uh, what they've seen, heard, or, or experienced. And so uh, they're trying to fit him inside of their box, inside of their paradigm, inside of uh, their presets. And so uh, whom say the people, the people, the crowd? Uh, verse 19, they answering said, three people, three people, number one, John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Uh, his ministry was very similar to John the Baptist, but it wasn't because he was mirroring him, but John the Baptist was a forerunner, uh, a, a predecessor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, the ministry is similar, but also the message is similar. In Matthew uh, 3, John preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 4, Jesus preached, repent, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. And so not only are the ministries similar, but the message, the message was similar. But again, uh, it's because John the Baptist was trying to prepare us for, uh, was the forerunner uh, for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the crowd, the crowd, uh, whom say the people, the people, the crowd uh, that I am, they're trying to fit him into a box, conservative, fundamental, uh, moderate, moderate, uh, liberal. Uh, they're trying to fit him inside of their neatly packaged paradigm, uh, and that's what he does because this is who he is. Uh, and it's funny that, that the man of God, uh, the uh, man of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, well, you're not going to be able to fit him into a box because he's infinitely higher than. He's absolutely different than. Uh, he has a different realm about him, infinitely above our competent, our finite uh, understanding, and so uh, we're not called necessarily to comprehend before we come, but we come in order to comprehend. Matthew eleven twenty seven. No man knoweth the Son. Uh, whom say the people, the people, they're preconditioned to say, John the Baptist, they, they don't know. Uh, no man knoweth the Son, but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him, next verse, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Uh, if you're waiting to comprehend before you come, you never will. Uh, if you're waiting to uh, understand everything about, uh, before you trust by faith, walk with, with him, uh, Hebrews 11, through faith, we understand. Uh, we don't wait until we understand. Verse 3 of Hebrews 11, we don't understand, and then we have faith. We have faith, and through faith we understand. I, uh, I think about Simon Peter when uh, he uh, hit it bullseye on, on target. Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to thee, but my Father, which is in heaven, uh, he's the one. And so uh, that preconditioned crowd uh, starting to try to put him in a box. John the Baptist, uh, the, the man of God, Christ, can't be understood. 
uh, ministries of God that he's moving in, that he's blessing, also cannot be uh, understood. Uh, and it's funny how uh, when, when God is blessing, God is moving, so many times the people, the crowd, uh, will try to put that place in. Well, he's from this college, or uh, he's of that camp, or uh, he connected with, with that, or with those. But, but again, uh, the wind bloweth where it listeth, uh, John chapter 3, uh, and, and, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. God's hand's blessing isn't something we should try to explain. God's hand of blessing is something that we should praise him for, magnify him for, and exalt him for. And so whom say ye the people, the people, uh, whom say the people that I am? Uh, and they answering said, verse 19, John the Baptist talked about that, his ministry, his message, much like. Uh, but some say Elias or Elijah. The preaching of John the Baptist, the, the miracles of Elijah. Uh, the preaching of John the Baptist, the miracles of Elijah. Uh, and others say, verse 19, that one of the old prophets is risen again. Uh, and put down number three, whom say the people that I am, uh, John the Baptist, their condition, they're trying to put him in a box and uh, others say Elijah, uh, uh, preaching like John, uh, miracles like uh, Elijah. Uh, and, and then one of the old prophets, Moses, Deuteronomy chapter 5, 18, 15, a prophet like unto Moses, a prophet. Art thou the prophet that should come, or do we look for another? At Deuteronomy 18, 15, the prophet. Acts 3, 22, the prophet. Uh, Acts 7, 37, and so uh, preaching like John, miracles like Elijah, leadership like like Moses, uh, Matthew would even add Jeremiah, the compassion uh, of Jeremiah. But again, uh, they're trying to put him in a box. They're trying to quantify. Uh, they're trying to uh, explain. Uh, they're trying to structure and apply. Uh, and isn't that what man does? Man is all about the methods. Uh, man is all about the processes and the systems and, and the, 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 the procedures. It's human nature to do that but it's God's nature to create, a creative God. Behold, I do a new thing, Isaiah says. And so if you're busy trying to quantify and, and explain and, and push into a box and the paradigms, you're going to miss what this is all about. And what this is all about is God being glorified and the Lord Jesus Christ being high and lifted up. And so the crowd, the crowd whom say, uh, the people uh, that I am, uh, the crowd condition, they're labeling, they're categorizing. The big question isn't that first question, verse number 18, whom say the people, whom say the people. The big question is verse number 20, look at it. He said unto them, after they threw out John the Baptist and Elijah and Moses and Matthew's account, uh, Jeremiah, uh, he said unto them, but whom say ye? Whom say, not just the people, that's not the big question. The big question is, whom say ye that I am? Put down number two. Uh, the testimony of the crowd is conditioned. The testimony of the Christian is confession. The testimony of the Christian is confession. Look at verse 20 again. He, he said unto them, but whom say ye, ye, you personally, that I am? Peter answering said, the Christ, the Christos. Uh, Messiah, Mashiach, uh, the Christ of God. Uh, you're one that's infinitely above 
uh, our categorizing, infinitely greater than uh, our quantifying. Uh, we're not even able to label or, or, or uh, try to pigeonhole uh, who you are. Uh, the crowd categorized, trying to explain away the multitudes that followed, uh, trying to explain away the, the miracles that happened. Why, he's part of John the Baptist crowd. He's part of uh, Elijah's camp. He, he, he takes after uh, Moses' type college. Labeling and categorizing the crowd conditioned the Christian confessing. Categorizing gives explanation. Confession gives exaltation. Categorizing gives, gives explanation. Well, here's why and here's how and uh, this is, it's this and the procedure, the process. Uh, confession uh, gives exaltation. It's to God be the glory, great things he hath done. And so, it's not just the man of God, but the moving of God. Uh, so many times, well, here's why, or here's what. Uh, through the 20 plus years that we've been here, uh, I've had different pastors, one as recently as last week, calling saying, well, uh, what, what's going on? And how, how are you guys? And, uh, and right now I'm saying, well, not much. But, but uh, before that, uh, the growth and the blessing and, and just the ministry expanding, and I'm just saying it's God being gracious to us. God smiled down upon us. God's found a place that when he blesses, there's only one person that can get the praise, and that's him. And almost always, oh yeah, I know that, but, but what are you doing? And I said, well, there's three, three reasons for the blessing. Number one, God. Number two, God. Number three, God. And so many times we try to systematize, we try to categorize, we try to, uh, the procedures, and well, they do it this way, we have to do it uh, this way. Hey, when it's a God thing, you're not going to be able to pigeonhole or, or put in a box. All we're going to be able to do is step back. When we don't see the miracles, it's God. And all we see are the methods, it's man. We miss an opportunity to magnify the one whose church it is. If we miss the miracles, it's God. And simply focus on the methods. It's man. We miss the opportunity to exalt and worship and give God the glory. Matthew's account is so clear on this. Uh, whom say men that I am? And then, whom say ye that I am? Thou art the Christ, and the living God. Flesh and blood, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Boy, it's a God thing. It's a God thing. Our understanding who he is. It's a God thing. And understanding who he is uh, absolutely explains what he does. Flesh and blood, no. The Father, yes. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. 1 John 4. Every spirit that confesseth that Christ has come in the flesh is of God. It's by the Spirit of God. It's by the hand of God that you raise teenagers in the day we live in. Uh, it, it's the Spirit of God. It's by the hand of God that someone gets saved, calls the wrong number, and is invited to church. It's the Spirit of God. Uh, it's the handiwork of God uh, that anything for God is done uh, in 2020. Well, as soon as we try to pigeonhole and categorize, and, well, I like this better because of this, and I, I don't like that as much because of this, well, we're missing Messiah who's doing so much in our midst. Well, we need to step back and just thank God for how good he's been in our health and our families, in our marriages, our careers, our jobs. Praise the Lord. Yes, we have a lot of distractions now, a lot of distractions, but praise the Lord, we have an incredibly good God. And so the Christian is confession, confession. And by the way, in Matthew, when it says, and when it tells us, points us, uh, flesh and blood hath not revealed this, understanding who God is, 
uh, he ties that, the man of God, to the ministry of God uh, when he says uh, uh, that thou art Peter, but upon this rock. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Uh, it's not Peter being the first pope. He was married. Uh, he ran away from God, denied uh, uh, three times. Uh, uh, thou art Peter, Petros, little sand, little pebble, but upon this rock, Petra, uh, I will build my church. It, it, it ties back to John 1, 12, where it says, as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Uh, thou art Peter. Uh, we're going to build our house on uh, man and methods and system. No, no, Christ said, thou art sand, but upon this rock, this foundational stone. And so uh, the crowd categorizing, the Christian uh, is confessing. Categorizing gives explanation. Uh, confession gives exaltation. And when you view anything other than, well, I didn't like this song they sang, you're missing God. Well, I didn't like how this happened, you're missing God. Well, this, this Sunday school class or that group or, or how this or that, uh, you, you're, you're totally being distracted from what church is all about. And what church is all about is the one who shed his blood to purchase the church. It's his church. Well, let's focus on him. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, in verse number 28, verse number 28, we'll come back to 21 through 27, kind of a message inside of a message, but, but verse number 28, we go to the third testimony. The first testimony, the crowd, uh, condition, pigeonhole, categorize, label, uh, focusing on man. But then uh, the Christian confession, look at 28, and it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, he's praying again, uh, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah. Uh, again, uh, they were mentioned by whom say men that I am, uh, whom say the people that I am. Moses, Elijah uh, were listed, 32. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep and when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah, Elias, not knowing what he said. And isn't that how Peter usually talked? Uh, he, he, uh, the disciple with a foot-shaped mouth, and he put his foot in his mouth all the time. Uh, let's build three tabernacles. We talked about Moses and Elijah before. The people said Moses and Elijah before. Hey, let's make one for Moses. Let's make one for Elijah. Uh, oh yeah, and, and then also we'll make one for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and where he gave a marvelous declaration before, uh, now he's being misled by a distraction with Moses and Elijah. It's not about them. Well, it's not about these, these great men of old. It's not about these huge uh, 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 men that stand today. Well, it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at 34. While he thus spake, there came a cloud, the Shekinah glory of God, the manifest presence of God, the Kabod, 
Uh, there came a cloud and over it, by the way, uh, it's the, that, that pillar of cloud that hovered over the mercy seat and that's when he said, there will I meet with thee above the mercy seat. There will I speak with thee uh, above the mercy seat, the book of Exodus. And so this is God, look at it. While he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, but down point number three, if you will. In verse number 18, the people, the crowd, condition, whom say the people that I am. Verse number 20, whom say ye, ye that I am, the Christian confession. And now it's the voice of God. Put down number three, the testimony of the creator is confirmation. The testimony of the creator is confirmation. Look at it, 35 again. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, not Moses. Uh, not Elijah, uh, not this category, not this label. This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found uh, alone. Matthew 17, I like how it puts it. They saw no man save Jesus only. Wouldn't it be great uh, today if we could say that? The only one that really captures our attention, the only one that our ador adoration is, is pointed towards uh, is the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's what... Uh, Isaiah, uh, when in the year that King Uzziah died, he was a good king. He wasn't a bad king. But it was in the year that King Uzziah died. Boy, he was blocking his, his focus. Uh, then I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Boy, as long as we're being distracted by good men, we'll never fully focus on the God-man. As long as we're being misled and distracted by anyone other than anyone other than, then we'll never fully focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let me give you the last one, number four, and then we'll give you the practical. Okay, number one, uh, the crowd conditioned, whom say the people that I am? Well, John the Baptist, or uh, maybe Elijah, or Jeremiah, Matthew's account says, or uh, Moses. But whom say ye? Whom say ye? Why, who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? The Christian confession, but then uh, we have the creator, the creator Creator God, confirmation. Look back at verse number 9, and let's add one more. Verse number 9, and Herod said, and Herod said. But now number 4, the testimony of a king, confusion. Confusion. He never dealt with the guilt of killing John the Baptist. He never dealt with the sin of marrying his brother's wife. Boy, he's a king of his own life. Boy, his vision is blocked by who he is, getting what he wants. And now his response is confusion. Look at verse 7. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, Jesus, and he was perplexed, confused, because that was said of some that John was risen from the dead. There, his name's coming up again. And of some that Elias, Elijah, had appeared. In. And of others that one of the old prophets, there's Elijah and Moses coming up again, was risen from the dead. And Herod said, John have I beheaded, but who is this? And of whom I, of whom I hear such things? I do think it's interesting that Moses and Elijah are mentioned in all three accounts, Herod's account, Moses, Elijah. Uh, in Christ's conversation questioning, Moses and one of the old prophets, Elijah, and one of the old prophets, Moses. Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah. It's interesting that two huge characters of the Bible, uh, huge men of God uh, of the Old Testament, Elijah, so many miracles, Moses, an incredible leader, 
Right? They're the ones each time are mentioned, each time are mentioned. And I really do think that God's using this to remind us there's only one person that should be praised. There's only one person that should be adored and worshipped uh, that should capture our attention. Uh, our hearts should lean heavily on uh, our faith following uh, him. Uh, I like how Philippians 2 puts it. Wherefore God also highly exalted him uh, and has given him a name that is above every name, uh, higher than Moses, higher than Elijah. It's almost as if he gives some extreme, huge examples to say they shouldn't distract your attention from what Christianity is all about, uh, and it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you talked to him today? Have you spent any time loving on him and just worshiping him uh, and singing to him? Uh, he's given a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, uh, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you say, Pastor, why is this so important? Because that confession, that, that the, the words that we say, boy, the words that come out of our mouth are a clear picture uh, of what resides in our heart. By the way, that's why people that spit criticism and spit poison, there's bitterness in their heart. And when they spit poison, it affects others, but it says more about them, that poison in their heart. And so it's a big deal because we have the people, and then we have, we have uh, the 12 disciples, and then we have the confirmation of God the Father, and, and we have all of these, Herod. Uh, we, we see by their words what's residing in their heart uh, out of the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. Well, it was only a little bit. It was only a little thing. It was only a, a little innuendo. I get that's what came out of your mouth, but there's an abundance of it in your heart. And so when we speak, it shows what our heart is, and what's in your heart determines where you're headed. Uh, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, what's in your heart determines where we're headed, Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, they're connected again. And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so off the cuff, off the cuff, uh, who do you say Jesus is? Off the cuff. Uh, just quickly, someone, uh, 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 what do you think of Jesus Christ? Off the cuff, boy, what comes out of your mouth shows what's in your heart, and what's in your heart directs where your can I show you one thing? John chapter 4. Turn there and we're done. John chapter 4. The book of John chapter number 4. And I want to show you this played out. We taught it. We looked at it. Luke chapter 9. Um, that confession, uh, what comes out of your mouth, shows the, an abundance uh, of what's in your heart. What's uh, in your heart absolutely shows uh, where you're uh, headed. John chapter 4. Uh, when the disciples went into town... Jesus stayed out by a well. Uh, in verse number 7, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. He's by himself. She approaches. She's going to gather water. He asks for drink. Verse 9, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew, a Jew, uh, ask this drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews? And so, uh, her first confession of who he was was racial. 
the first confession of who he was. And we get the tension between the Samaritans, the Jews. We get that. And the first confession of who he was was racial. And then he said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Look at verse 11. The woman saith unto him, Sir, sir, it goes from racial to respectful, uh, from Jew to, to serve. Look at it down at verse number 15. The woman saith unto him, again, verse 11, Sir, verse number 15, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither cometh to draw. And she goes from racial to respectful. But look at verse number 19 as he prophesies about who she is. Verse 19, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I believe that thou art a, a prophet. A, a prophet. Uh, art thou the prophet that should come? And so her view of him, her confession of him, goes from Jew to sir to prophet. Uh, look at verse number 25. They're still interacting. What I'm trying to say is uh, our confession by our mouth is tied to the abundance of our heart uh, and what is in our heart uh, determines the direction we're headed look at verse number 25 the woman saith unto him i know that messiah she's starting to get it starting to realize it uh, that realization that uh, it's not jew it's not sir boy a, a prophet the woman saith unto him i know that messiah cometh which is called christ boy she's starting to piece it together. Uh, Jesus saith unto her, verse number 26, I that speak unto thee uh, am, am, am he. Uh, and, and then uh, the woman, Mar uh, the disciples came back, that parenthetical, verse 29, come and see a man. She went into Samaria, that town. Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Boy, almost rhetorically. Uh, and then look at the testimony after the whole town comes out in verse number uh, verse number 41. Uh, and many more believed because of his own word. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, verse 40, uh, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Many more believed because of his own word, uh, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior uh, of the world. And so uh, it goes from from racial, Jew, to respectful, sir, to realization, uh, prophet, Messiah, Christ, kind of rhetorically saying that, to now emphatically she's received him. Uh, she's not only realized that, she's received him. Uh, and the words, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, where the two are linked, they're connected. They're linked, they're connected. Uh, I guess the two practicalities would be, uh, number one, be careful about what you say? Mm, let, me, let me take it back a step. Be careful about what's in your heart. Because eventually what's in your heart will come out in your words. But bigger than that, boy, have you gotten that grasp of who he is in your heart? I'm not just talking about growing up in church. I'm not just talking about uh, reading the Bible. Yeah, there may be some realization, maybe some realization, but has there been a reception as many as received him? which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Boy, salvation is a God thing. And when we receive him, when we realize and receive, it's not Jew, it's not sir, it's not prophet, this is the Christ. Boy, he is my Savior. 
He's the one that died on the cross to forgive my sins. And, and I guess the takeaway would be the crowd says one thing, Herod says another thing, the disciples another thing, Peter stepped up, but the confirmation of God, uh, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. And when they got up, they saw no man save Jesus only. I hope he consumes your thoughts. I, I, I hope he is your song. I, I do hope that, as Colossians says, Christ is all and in all. And so as we continue to walk through Luke chapter 9, those four different testimonies, those four different testimonies, let ours be like Simon Peter, uh, and don't let it be one that we're, we're distracted a little later on, but, but we're dialed in. He is our Savior. He is our high tower, our refuge in our strength. What a wonderful Savior we have, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.